Hi guys, welcome back to Hell Hath No Fury, the podcast where we do selective research into things we find interesting and female-centric and give them the attention they rightfully deserve. I'm Kay and this is Elle. Thanks for that dractacular introduction, Kay. This week, we delve into one of everyone's favourite mythical monsters. Before sparkles and sunlight, the world knew the true fear of blood-sucking fiends lurking in the dark, ready to munch on whichever human took their fancy. Not all creatures of the night live in infamy, and here are some vampiric vixens we think ought not to be lost to time. I just want to call out that a grave error was made last week. Uh, I'm not sure that any of you will notice, but we certainly did. Right after we unplugged the mics, turned off the recording software, we realised we forgot the lucky dip. So you must have been in such suspense all week waiting to see what we talk about, all three of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can can just imagine the general... (laughs) outcry on the internet you know <laughs> three small voices <laughs> hey we appreciate uh, appreciate we appreciate those three small voices yeah we do absolutely mm-hmm. um so we fired her up right after the episode anyway and it gave us the fascinating topic to research for this week of vampires and this is an amazing topic i had a great week researching it how did you find it to be fair i knew who i was gonna do um oh, yeah. straight away um, I did have a look at a few others because there were some really sort of quirky stories from within the UK, but they didn't really have enough meat to them. To be honest, yeah. it was kind of cut and dry. This person was a bit of a psycho. Um, <laughs> thought they were a vampire. They weren't. They were just you know on crack. Um, <laughs> so um, I I went totally classic traditional. Everyone's gonna have heard of who I actually have uh, to speak about today. Yeah. Oh, great, great, great. Mine, I went, I thought I was going to maybe do something like that because um, I think, June, you probably already know the story, you know, Richard Chase. I'm pretty sure it's Richard Chase. Let me just Google that real quick before I give out some false info. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't say I've I've heard of it. So I didn't end up doing them anyway. Um, I think, yeah, so yeah. He's known as his nickname was the Vampire of Sacramento. So oh was, yes, yes, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. The American serial killer kills six people, rapist, cannibal, necrophile, horrible, horrible bastard overall. Um, so I was he obviously thought that he was a vampire, and I was gonna do maybe something like that from like just more this side of the world. But then I I went a lot more traditional with my story, and I it was a small story, so I figured why not just compile the small stories so i have a few ones to talk about i don't have one very big one but i've got one very interesting one that is right up our alley oh i love that no that's great i mean it's like we have to stick to this structure of little story big story you know we just yeah (laughs) because our little story big story is never little story big story anyway (laughs) it's too big story (laughs) (laughs) i mean my my fear every week is that because we we don't tell each other you know this is just just raw reaction (laughs) my fear is always that we're gonna do the same one we're gonna sit down and be like oh yeah so this week I'm doing um for example this week I'm doing the blood count test then you'd be like oh, oh she me too <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately our brains aren't quite that in sync yet 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 Alrighty, do you so, want to kick us off yeah let's let's get started so without further ado my bloodthirsty babe this week is rather notorious as I have said and I would be very surprised if people were hearing her name for the first time listening today. I could have gone more obscure, but sometimes a comfortable classic is the best option. Ah, uh, yeah. So, 
Countess Elizabeth Bathory was born in 1560 in the Kingdom of Hungary to Baron George Bathory VI and Baroness Anna Bathory. Whilst her blood may have been royal, with links to nobles throughout Europe, apparently it was the blood of young female women that Lizzie thirsted for. Oh my god! Oh my god, you're going to know why I'm saying oh my god in about 20 minutes. Oh god, okay, oh I'm excited. Keep going. Oh the distraction, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so being born into a life of wealth and privilege meant Elizabeth was well-educated and well-endowed um, financially. However, it appears she was exposed to much throughout her childhood that could account for her sadistic tendencies later in life. Whilst much of it may have been hearsay, you know, sparks of rumours fanned by her infamy over the centuries, it is said that she was encouraged to practice Satanism and witchcraft from a young age. Apparently she spent a lot of time with her aunt, who was a practising witch, and her uncle, who was a Satan-worshipping alchemist, which probably just means that they weren't Christian. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she also witnessed um, brutal and severe punishments by her family's officers. Of course, back then it wasn't unusual to physically um, assault punish servants you know people who were deemed to be sort of in a lesser position and apparently in 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 the Bathory household it was pretty brutal and she was exposed to a lot of that in addition this this is my favorite part sounds a bit weird to say it's my favorite part but whatever (laughs) um as a child she actually suffered from seizures which people believe was probably due to epilepsy of course at the time medical advancement wasn't really a thing um so a treatment for seizures was to rub the blood of a non-sufferer onto the lips of the well, well the epileptic the person having oh. the seizures as if and you know you it was like healthy up? blood was this like does this something that you like, did you re- research this technique? Is this a real thing or is this is a story? Is this a fake? Th- this is part of the story. I haven't actually done my whole homework into whether it was a thing, but I would thoroughly believe it. Um, yeah, same. You know, be fair. It's all about, yeah. you know, the, Bleeding. the whole thing with the, the leeches and the, and the cleansing of the blood and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. well, you're unhealthy. We're going to give you... And I find this very interesting as well, because, of course, in Dracula, part of what Van Helsing does is a whole blood cleansing what's the word procedure we'll say yeah it's like a transfusion yeah Yeah. um and it's like healthy blood given to um lucy i believe it was it's been a long time since i've read dracula but yeah like the healthy blood administered to to lucy when she's being bitten to like cleanse her and it's a very similar thing this girl's having these sieges all right let's give her blood of healthy people to cure her Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I found that a very interesting parallel, you could say. And, you know, who knows? Is this what gave her her taste for human blood? I mean, if you're being fed it from being a child, you know, you might get And a told that it. it's making you well. Ex- like, exactly. That's, like, yeah. Exactly. Because, of course, I'll not get ahead of myself. I'll... Sorry, yeah. please continue. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes. Yeah, so, Sorry, I'm so um, excited. <laughs> Um, so um, she was married in 1675 I believe uh, to a very high ranking nobleman uh, within Hungary and over the years she bore him five children 
and she actually managed the affairs of his estate while he was away at war. Of course, this was during the time of the Ottoman Empire. They're, they're in Hungary. They're on the way to Vienna. They're like, you know, en route, huge route. He's constantly away at war. So she's like managing everything while he's away, as you do. Again, important thing for us to consider for later. So it could be easy to think that she was just simply a regular European noblewoman, um, if it not for the scores of young girls who disappeared within the castle walls. You know, not, not quite so common, really. At least, as far as we're aware. So, <laughs> arguments have been made um, with her husband being away for such long periods of time, fighting against the Ottomans. Um, Bathory simply got bored and began inflicting cruel punishments upon her staff. As you do. Um, but, you know, as as I've already said, it wasn't unusual for the time for um, physical punishment to, to be brought upon servants, but she definitely took things to a whole new level when she began to imprison and torture young girls. Apparently it was said her first victims, when she first started doing this, were between the ages of 10 and 14, which is Oof. just sick. You know, Jesus Christ. You know, when we think of sort of like young women nowadays, we think of probably people like us, or you know, yeah. like at least twenty onwards. Yeah. But you know, back then, you know, it'd be expected for us to have had five kids by now. So apparently, the whole saga and obsession with the blood of young women began when she was punishing this young female servant girl, and some splashes of blood landed upon Bathory. And she apparently noticed the skin seemed to tighten where the blood had landed on her. You know, I mean, it's a shame that they didn't have right. night cream in those days because it could have saved her a hell of a lot of bother. Because she thought, this is it. This is the trick to eternal beauty. I've got it. Rejuvenation. <laughs> yeah. You know, blood is life. Apparently she started out with just, you know, sort of young peasant girls from the village but her appetite soon outgrew the sort of area surrounding um the castle sort of local subjects so she began to imprison the daughters of lesser gentry who were sent to the castle the way that young girls were in those days for numerous reasons um and she began to bathe in their blood so apparently she would torture these girls in, in, in numerous different ways. There have been, apparently, testimony of uh, burning them with hot tongs and then immediately submerging them into icy water. Um, burning them, apparently, there were reports of girls being burnt alive. Um, and she actually uh, developed her own torture weapon. Uh, this was known... We all know of the Iron Maiden, right? The, mm. the You know, the huge cast with the spikes in your closet and... And it hurts. It hurts. Mm. That was a bit of an understatement. Um, she apparently... <laughs> Ow. Oh, look. I've been impaled. <laughs> um, yeah, she apparently uh, developed the Iron Virgin, which was moulded more for a, a, a feminine shape. Okay. And, okay. And Sorry, more... not where I went with it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. I'll just uh, slide on past that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Please. And uh, purposely fitted um, with blades to obviously hurt. I really can't 
think of hurt words, again. Like, yeah, to hurt. To like best get the the most fruitful areas. Yeah, like, like the most like ergonomic sever- design, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Severed like the most important arteries and veins to yeah. like get the most exsanguination. Oh, what a good word. Yes, that. What Kate just said. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, and particularly obviously young girls because you wanted virgins because you know we all want that. Well, I don't know why I said we all want Do that. Do we? <laughs> Do we all? <laughs> Do we? I just want the blood of a virgin. <laughs> Look, right, I told you my brain is still not quite at full capacity it's, yet. It's been okay? a long week, but I don't think the blood of a virgin is going to help. <laughs> Virginity is a man-made construct anyway. It doesn't even exist. Um, so yeah. Um, these were acts that she engaged in between 1590 and 1610. So it's like 20-odd years she was murdering girls, torturing and murdering girls. It is alleged that up to 650 women and girls fell victim to Bathory's bloody and sadistic exploits. Jesus. Yeah, right. So, Do we know how I mean, old she was at that stage? Um, she will have been. When was she born? I did. Uh, she was born in fifteen sixty. So um, this is between the ages of thirty and fifty. Shit. Yeah. Like you and I have to get a move on. I know, right? We've only got a year left. I need that eternal <laughs> youth. Like our our youth is only going to last another year. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I mean, we do have um things that elizabeth didn't like you know we haven't been married since we were like two and we don't have numerous children and our yeah. our you know significant others not that i have one aren't aware at war so now apparently apparently we are aware of this shockingly high number due to a diary that bathory kept in which she wrote each victim's name just their name <clears throat> as, just their name nothing else nothing about the as, details as far as I'm name. aware it was a diary that had the names in I'm I'm, I'm not really because again not sure how true this is it was a very long time yeah. ago more to say on that in a moment so yeah fucking hell she needed a spreadsheet oh, if girl had Excel that would change our life it is a game changer <laughs> case sitting there like oh Absolutely heartbroken for this poor girl having to write it all down by hand. No formula, nothing. <laughs> the poor thing. <laughs> Such a heart. She couldn't Such even format that bitch. <laughs> um, so yeah, there were... Um, I've spoken about, uh, obviously, the way that she would uh, torture these girls, the Iron Virgin um, that she created. And so it's also alleged that not only did she bathe in the blood of her victims to tighten up the old skin... She would also bite at their flesh. So, this may be the result of fear and gossip, and it would certainly add right, fuel okay, to okay. the vampire rumours. Um, so, yeah, she was doing this for like that's 20 funny, years. That's funny, though, because vampires aren't interested in flesh, so that's funny. Yeah, because it's all about the, the blood, isn't it? But I don't know if it was just a way to get at the blood. You know, it's like she's got those fangs mm, for piercing skin, you know, right along the jugular. It's like, look, just tear a chunk off and it'll bleed. That can drink it. But yeah, so uh, in the early 1600s, um, word of Bathory's extracurricular activities began to spread um, throughout the kingdom. And they came to the attention of a Lutheran minister who complained about her publicly. 
publicly, sorry, don't know what happened there, and to the court <laughs> in Vienna. And the king was like, yo, this is, uh, this is nuts. I can't <laughs> pretend this isn't happening. I need to at least look into it. <laughs> Just to confirm whether this is actually happening or not. <laughs> this is a direct quote from, from what the, the king actually said. Really? Yeah, that's word for word what he actually said. Um, he was really ahead of the times uh, when it came to linguistics. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he ordered evidence were going to be collected. And by 1611, uh, the testimony that was collected was that of 300 witnesses. Some who claimed to have seen burnt cops sorry, burned corpses with flesh missing from their faces as though torn away by teeth or have been complicit in the burial of young girls in unmarked graves within the castle walls. So that's, I mean, that's a lot. 300 witness testimonies. I mean, on one hand... She is a shy killer. Well, exactly. Because on the one hand, it's like, how are all of these witnesses... But then on the other hand, it's like, look, is this actually first-hand accounts? Right, right, you know, right. is this all he is saying? <clears throat> and rumours, you know? what well, They didn't have TV back then. You know, what else are they supposed to do? Yeah, but 600, 660 victims, like, that's very difficult to get away with. 600, I don't even know 660 people. I mean, because you've got to think, like... A lot of them were going to be servant girls and things. It's going to be one of these things of like, look, we have yeah. no money, toddle off and get a job. And I'm never going to hear from you again because that's just the way things are. Because we have to send letters by horse and there's wars going on and I'm just going to send you off and hope that you've lived a good and happy life. You know, these poor peasant girls yeah, and things. Okay. Like, yeah. On one hand, some it's of them, feasible, but, some of them but on were... the other... Exactly, like these children of lesser gentry, like... You would have thought people would be out looking for them. Yeah. But unless it was one of these things where it's like, oh, sorry, she she died. She fell from a horse. She ate bad meat. She flung herself from the top of the highest tower. I don't know. Who knows? That That's not something yeah. that I've really... It's not something I've really come across when I've been that's reading about this, which is very interesting because we're... At all, but again, sort of something I'm going to touch upon um, in a moment. Because um, again, it's said upon her arrest that Bathory was caught red-handed, literally covered in the blood of a young girl she was torturing. However, this is likely fantastic embellishment because there's not actually any evidence to support it. Yeah. Um, two trials were held to convict Bathory uh, before she was confined to her two. castle. Yeah, don't know why, but two, from what I've read, two trials. Within, like, a month of each other as well. I don't know if it was, like, new evidence came to light or, you know, if these witnesses started crawling out the woodwork. Who knows? But two two trials confined to her castle. Four of her servants were executed as accomplices. But, as ever, position grants power, which saved Bathory's life. Um, it was originally thought she would be sent to a nunnery. But as more and more came out about her crimes, it was decided she should just be kept under house arrest. She was free to move within the castle, but she wasn't allowed to leave it. Which kind of isn't really the best sentence ever anyway, because the castle was where she was murdering everybody anyway. She didn't need to be able to leave it to kill people. Yeah. And if why would you send her to a nunnery? Why would you send her to a place of women? Yeah. When she is killing women for their blood? You're going to have killed all the nuns? Send out to her... For fuck's sake. 
a monk the place. known virgins <laughs> what? that's exactly what she wants yes <laughs> it's her ideal fiction yeah somebody Why must have pointed that out table? must have been like oh yeah bad bad woman we'll send out her a nunnery that'll sort her out and someone cleaning must have been sitting there like guys someone just passed someone a note yeah like, like real slick like not the nuns yeah. <laughs> virgins all in the same house really a good idea mm. Well, I can't stop thinking about like bathing in the blood of virgins, but I'm telling you, like there must be at least five virgins per bathtub. So someone was having to help her. Oh well, yeah, had to be because definitely. How you disposing of five bodies? Like who's keeping the blood warm? Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's the thing, you know. If you are in a position where you're some poor servant girl in the house of a woman of such high rank and nobility, and she says, "Do this," how dare you say no? Yeah, especially if she's murdering servant girls. I'd be like, yeah. the fuck yeah, I'll do like, it. Where yeah, else go on, are you yeah, meant go to go? What are you supposed to do? And then next thing you know, like, you just, it, it's it's happening. You're in too deep. Or, you know, you think, ah, oh, she's Elizabeth Bathory, Countess. You know, she's going to get away with it. Grand. Yeah. And then you go get executed while she gets just continued. Yeah, and then you're swinging anyway. Exactly. Like, like, fucking hell. Yeah, so she actually died. Um, I, I was going to say she was quite young. <laughs> She'd say good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I hope she's dead. Uh, it was a long ass time ago. Um, but yeah, she died at the age of fifty-four. She's a vampire. This is well. This is it. They undead. This is it. She, she died. We'll say in quotation marks at the age of fifty-four. <laughs> but the location of her body is unknown. It is said she was originally buried in the local church grounds, but uproar from the villagers had her body moved to the family crypt in her ancestral hometown. But nobody actually knows where it is. No body. No death. Bitch is still out there. Yeah. You know? Bitch is still um, out there. But also, um, you know, we, we love a good messy murder story, particularly those with uh, vampiric undertones, which apparently are the real inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Because, uh, you know, you've got a blood-drinking countess from Hungary as opposed to a Romanian head-impaling prince. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but whilst we do love these stories... We like to play devil's advocate here on Hell Hath No Fury. As always. We do. So, as ever, there are contradictions and such to be considered when it comes to um, Elizabeth Bathory. Um, some have argued for her innocence, claiming she was the victim of a conspiracy which was highly politically motivated due to her status and wealth, which only escalated after her husband's death. I've just realised I haven't even said when her husband died. My apologies. Um, he obviously did die... Uh, before her, I'll tell you when, in a moment, once I find it in my notes. He died in 1604. There we go. 1604. So not, not an awful lot of time before she did, to be fair. Um, but yeah, so he died first and her uh, position didn't win at all. If anything, she grew more powerful after her husband's death. She'd loaned out money to people that hadn't been repaid. And... This debt was cancelled after her death and fully enough people who were in debt to her, you know, just happened to be her accusers, you know? Very convenient. Very convenient. And apparently, as I've sort of touched upon, physical evidence was exaggerated. Whilst bodies of girls were found within the walls of the castle, it's argued that these findings were grossly um, over-exaggerated because disgrace and bathory would advance the political status of her accusers. There's also the addition yeah. of uh, religious undertones. 
I believe she was uh, Lutheran. Um, honestly, when it comes to all the different Christian denominations, I am pretty clueless. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, and, you know, th- there was a sweep and change in, um, obviously, Protestants. Um, yeah, sure. I think that's your lad's fault. Oh, yeah. Guys, anyway. said, you know, that's, that's what Henry's <laughs> fault, isn't it? Dickhead. Um, <laughs> you know, you had that sweep across Europe. So that was a big thing um, at the time as well. But as always, unfortunately, as with most of the women that we do discuss, we may never know the truth. Centuries have passed since the Blood Countess committed her supposed crimes and her name became infamous as a vampiric murderer, spawning numerous stories and a really shit Naughty's film about a video game that I only watched recently that was one no, of the worst and best things <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life and I can't remember the name of it. Was it on Netflix? It was so bad. Like, it was really... <laughs> it had Frankie Muniz in it. And her from One Tree Hill. And her, the really annoying one from um, the OC. Oh, it was, like, about a video game <laughs> that, like, had her in it. And she was, like, trying to... If you died in the game, you died in real life. And it was because she was, okay. like claiming your youth or your life force or whatever and it was just oh christ okay it was horrific <laughs> i need i'll try and remember what it was called but um I, I did try and wipe a lot of it from my brain because what which is a, fair and understandable you know, yeah waste of space in my brain really um so yes that is the the blood countess prolific serial killer or vampire considering there's no body or neither. Well, or neither. Or yeah, victim. victim. As ever, victim. We talk about these women every and week. Fair, and half yeah. the time, it is very likely that they themselves were victims of something much larger than them. The volume. I just have trouble understanding how the volume of girls didn't go investigated. Like, it's not as if all of them were... Yeah. She was actually were, only were, um, were nothing. convicted of 80 murders. Only eighty. Yeah, only eighty. Um, like higher than higher than all of the serial killers today. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know it's harder to be a serial killer today, but like at the same. I time. know it, it is quite fantastical, really, isn't it? It's just. It's huge. It's, uh, there's definitely some embellishment going on. Oh, there. definitely. Uh, as as I mean, look, it's it's so long ago. Yeah, we'll never know. You know, we'll never know. We'll never know, which is always the. It is very team. interesting, though. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, I just think that that's such a crazy story, really. Like, it is. It's mad to think that she actually did this and bathed in people's blood and all this. To be honest, I think a lot of it's nonsense. I personally think a lot yeah. of it's nonsense, and it's probably been embellished upon and exaggerated over the centuries as well. Because you know, people have been writing about her ever since. Because you know, it's a good story. And I think a lot of the facts have been mixed up with fiction, personally. I think a lot of your, like, a lot of the themes that popped up in yours are also going to pop up in mine. I think they're, I will go ahead and read out my story, the first one, the most important one, I think. And then I've got a few smaller ones that I can use to, like, back up the things that I believe. Great. (laughs) Selectively. Great. Yes, selectively. (laughs) It's confirmation bias. (laughs) It's fine. It's not like, you know... We're a podcast. Who gives a shit? Yeah, who cares? No one's it's three people. Listening. Yeah, this is literally just us having the crack because we enjoy talking yeah. about shit like this. <laughs> okay, so 
Um, I found so many stories this week that I wanted to talk about, but like this one that I found just fit the bill so well. Um, and it's, it's a bit heartbreaking as well, so I think it's probably on theme for last week as well. So this is the story of the, the Jarg Julie, or the Jarg Jua. I've seen both. One of them makes more sense and is a closer translation to what I think it should be. And I think one of them has just been bastardized over time by probably Americans. But <laughs> I'll, we'll go on anyway. I'll just, I'll just continue. Indeed. Okay. So um, I've read so many versions of the story over the past week. And I'm just going to piece them all together in the way that I like the best. Because that's kind of what myths do. Myths and legends. Yeah. They kind of just evolve over time. Of course. I'm totally here for that. So, yeah. So there was once a young woman. Um, she lived in Waterford, which is just kind of southeast of the country. Yeah, it's like Cork type of. Is it County Cork? Cork is very bottom. Yeah. So we're going to be up and to the right a little bit. Okay. Cool. Um, she was more beautiful than you can ever imagine. She was indescribably beautiful. She had porcelain skin, fiery red hair, rouge lips. She was sought after far and wide. She was. A vision. Can I just interrupt for just a second? Because <laughs> in yeah. all of these stories from times gone by about these beautiful women, they always have this pale as shit skin and these like bright red lips. And it's like, think about that in real life for a second. <laughs> think about how terrified yeah. that actually looks. Like, I've literally just pictured her in my mind and she just looks like a banshee. Like, that is not a good look. I'm sorry, girl, but like, you know, go out in the sun, get some vitamin D. There is no sun. It's Ireland. She's covered in clouds for her whole life. I don't know. Do something. I don't know. Do something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we've got our pale beauty here. Ah, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll leave her alone. Um, So she can't do anything about it. It's hard to get a tan over here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So everyone wanted to marry her. Everyone far and wide came to, to seek her hand in marriage. Um, and she rebuffed all of these attempts she wasn't interested to her it didn't matter she didn't want to marry just anyone she was in love but she was in love with the wrong person of course she was of course she was a farmhand peasant boy a farmhand peasant boy oh classic I bet he was an absolute ride (laughs) he was yeah (laughs) he knew his way around a horse uh, she wasn't of very high station herself uh, she didn't have much in the way of riches or land her family were getting by but they weren't well to do um, but god forbid they let her marry anyone who was lower than what they already were yeah they, she would not marry below her birth of course not um, no, she's got to be tied in that ladder hasn't she you know that's her job yeah she has as to as the yeah. daughter you know marry up absolutely yeah and her father when she was when she when he I don't know. She was obviously born and she was beautiful, but when he kind of seen her grow into her beauty, he was like over the moon because it meant that was something that he could barter. Pretty of much. course. So after getting wind of what was going on, the farmhand and her were planning to get married. See, um, he accepted the next offer for her hand. In fact, he actually went to seek someone who was intrigued. So he went to the um. Most, I think it was the closest chieftain to them. And yeah, the chieftain was looking and yeah, the chieftain was interested. And it wasn't a bad offer if a, chief, if a chieftain came knocking, like you're not going to say no. Um, It was someone who had status and power and a huge dowry. And he, would, he wouldn't only set the woman up, the young woman up for life, but also the whole family. Uh, they would buy land and provide for generations on his generous dowry. And the family would be doused in riches. 
Um, all they had to do was lose her. And so they sent her along to be wed to the wealthy man. She was devastated, absolutely horrified that this was happening to her. How could the people that she loved most in life be complicit in this act? Uh, she begged and pleaded and tried to negotiate, but neither her father or her betrothed would be moved. Um, her love vowed that he would find her and steal her away and they would be together forever. Uh, but she had no choice. So she went with the man to his house and played at being his wife at her wedding Everyone, the whole, like, everyone was invited to the wedding. The whole village was invited. Everyone had a great time, except for her. She sat in the corner and cried because everything that was happening to her was just not what she wanted. She, in her head, cursed her father for doing this to her, taking away her love, taking away her life. That was it for her. This is so sad, um, so like, already. I'm it's very sad. Heartbroken it's very sad. Girl. Um, so she was. Ta- she went away to the horrible man's house. He was an atrocious person. He was just evil. He turned out to be far more abusive than anyone had known. Um, and he was concerned with nothing but her beauty. Not her comfort or her happiness, just that she would look pretty for him. She was just a trophy. And he locked her away and made it so that he and he alone would enjoy her. Never again would someone look upon her beauty because he owned that. Um, but she held out hope for a couple of years. She held out hope that her love would come and find her, break her from the prison, set her free, and they would run away and find all the life that they should have had. And this is kind of what got her through her darkest moments, just that hope. But as time wore on, uh, so did the hope. And with each passing day, no one come to save her. This last light inside of her dwindled. Her husband exacted, extracted, or exacted, cruel pleasure from her torment. He would visit her daily, locked away as she was, and perform his favourite act. He would take a knife and cut her beautiful pale skin so that no one could, or so that he could watch the red blood drip down her flesh. This was his favourite thing to do with her. That is, see, when you, when you first said, you know, doing his favourite thing to her, I obviously thought. but in a really gross horrible (laughs) we don't like that we don't approve of that consent is very important kind of way not like cutting her just to watch her bleed like he just loved to watch her bleed that is vile he was a bastard yeah he's a cruel man disgusting behavior yeah so she was at her wit's end and she took back control in the only way that was available to her she just refused to eat so her beauty began to dwindle, her hair became dry and brittle, her complexion lost its vibrancy, her rouge lips paled and she became emaciated. The husband, fearing now the loss of his most beautiful prize, tried to force her to eat. Uh, he could force the food into her mouth, but no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't force her to swallow it in the end. Um, so weeks turned into months and she wasted away until finally her body caught up with her spirit and she died. Oh my word. That's awful. Mm-hmm terrible so for all the riches of her chieftain husband her burial was shamefully modest hardly anyone grieved no one knew her anymore her family were all still off enjoying their lavish life her husband was busy with his new wife that he took before her body was even cold and the man just didn't give a fuck there was nothing in it for him there wasn't once her beauty was gone there was nothing there for him I, so oh god i'm outraged honestly like i know that you yeah, you can see my face the people who are listening <laughs> can't oh my word it's an angry Only face. One it's an angry grieved. face, guys. It's an angry face. It is. Only one person grieved. And that was her love from before Stop. the marriage. Oh, he visited no. her grave oh. every day. 
and lamented her loss. He wished for her back. He wished he could do things differently. He was sad. He was devastated. He just wanted his love back. Um, But this is not what brought her back. Her spirit, so filled with rage and unrest at her cruel fate, forced her out of the grave and set her on a path of vengeance as the Jaren Jew. Yes, this is what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she made her way first to her father's new land, his home, uh, his huge new home that her dairy had bought him. Uh, she crept through the house, quiet as a mouse, fury sizzling within her, and killed him where he slept. She sucked the life from his lips, I believe. Good girl. Yep. Next, she made her way to the home of her husband, the great and brutal chieftain who had brutalized her. Some say it was here that she found him already brutalizing his new wife in the same way. And some say the new wife was already dead when she arrived. Some say she found him in bed with numerous other women. Whichever way it doesn't matter, her fury intensified and she launched herself at the man, killing him and sucking every drop of blood from his body. Good girl. His blood invigorated her starved body and she she felt more alive than she had in years more energized than she could ever remember and it could not be quenched she gave over to this hunger and let it consume her she became its slave with her beauty restored she would lure young men into the darkness and drink greedily of their blood but this soon obviously caught the attention of the villagers and they locked her away in a very deep grave and placed a stone on top, or several stones on top, because this was the only way to keep her in the actual grave. Yeah. Um, but her rage is such that on one night, and one night only, it's strong enough that she could perhaps rise, and that is the anniversary of her wedding. Sometimes the rocks are moved during the year say and she's able to wiggle out and she comes out and devours men from the town or the village or for anywhere who knows where she could be and sometimes the rocks are in place uh she was buried under the tree of strongbow uh but in time this grave has been lost we don't know where it is now uh who knows where it could be some say maybe a building site is on top of it or a development prospect and she can never be released from it but who knows maybe that could be knocked down sometime well yeah exactly she might rise again you know you never know what's you know there are all these buildings that rise and fall and land is sold and reclaimed and different things done with it you know if we, if we don't have mm. those stones we're gonna have an awful lot we of uh, dry boys out there <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's her i love that's that the Right, so she's one of the vampire legends that I um, read from, like, mythology. So that's probably one another one of the things that may have inspired Bram Stoker. Yes. Oh. I think he was read he was read these stories as a child by his mother, these horror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then also he was... So there's another legend. It's not, like, female-centric or anything, but it... It it's it's Irish mythology again. It's called the Avertok, Avertok, uh, which is basically he was a chieftain. He was a brutal chieftain, he, uh, a bad guy basically, mm-hmm. and he was eventually murdered in a coup, but rose again the very next day and start asking for blood tributes from his villagers. So this happened a, f- a few times. Like a hero was called upon. Some say it was Fionn McCool, but probably not. Um, and he had to keep slaying him and then he would rise again and slay him and rise again and slay him and rise again and eventually they just asked for help from like a magic man who said okay you have to bind him <coughs> bury him upright 
put him under a rock and the rock still exists. Oh. Uh, I think it's in Donegal, the rock, and it's beside a hawthorn thorn tree. You, there's like pictures of it online. It's pretty cool. Oh, I love that. That's very cool. Like, I love stuff like that. Yeah. I love all these stories where, because, you know, within every myth and legend, there is a grain of truth, you know? And yeah. it's, it's I, on one hand, I find it kind of sad that we don't know the truth exactly yeah. it, i feel like on one hand it kind of does them a disservice but at the same time i always like to think you know the less logical side yeah. we also likes to think the, the fanciful is, the is more interesting <laughs> yeah. you know yeah i love the fanciful because it's just like okay there's maybe something like maybe that she was really angry and she killed somebody but now it's like no she devoured their blood exactly and she rises again and devours their blood exactly and uh, there was also one more story that i thought was interesting Tell me. Which is probably inspired by your story. Oh, okay. So before Dracula, 26 years before Dracula, or well, yeah, so before Bram Stoker wrote Dracula, there was a writer who, I'm just going to grab it now so I get his name right. I think I know, I think I know what you're going to say, actually. Do you? Yeah. So this guy, I think his name is Sheridan Lefanu wrote Irish an Irish guy mm-hmm. wrote Carmilla yes this definitely rings a bell which is fascinating and I think it's actually been adapted into a TV series these days but not like but with different kind of personalities or something so Carmilla was a vampire novel written by Sheridan the Fanu in 1897 26 years as I said before Dracula about lesbian vampires Yes, this definitely sounds familiar. This definitely, I feel like I'm gonna have to Google this because I feel like I have read this somewhere. Yeah, I just I read it today, Um, but it's like I I just found that fascinating because vampires, especially now, are very synonymous with like queer culture, Mm. and I thought it was really funny that that had started in 1897 with a lesbian vampire. Like, who the fuck told this guy to write about lesbians? Yeah, like that's. just again just ahead of his time really isn't he yeah maybe Um, there was another vampire story as well and I can't off the top of my head think who wrote it but again I'm sure it was before Dracula Um, let me have a quick google because it was like that's it 1819 Um, it's called The Vampire a short work of prose fiction written in 1819 by John William Polidori. Um, And I'm sure they said that it was like a thinly veiled dig at Lord Byron. Um, He was like sort of the inspiration for these suave sort of vampires who like sucked blood. Um, I thought that was really interesting when I stumbled... um, upon that because he he wrote about vampires as well i'm sure and then this guy like kind of took the piss i think um <laughs> and based like a vampire on lord byron i, I don't know I, I can't remember all the details but i always thought that was funny that's hilarious like it is funny isn't it so maybe what i was thinking just when you mentioned um yours i was thinking maybe the the lesbian aspect came from your one only wanted to drink girls' yeah. blood. Yeah, because surely the blood of anybody younger would work yeah. in the same way with the whole epilepsy thing. The blood of a non-sufferer would heal the sufferer. Surely yeah. the blood of the youth would 
rejuvenate the old. Should it shouldn't mm. matter what gender they are or what sex no. they are. Um, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually a very good point. Because why? In the book, in the book, it it says something that you also said, which was that the girls from the surrounding villages were disappearing. Yeah. And that's what happened in the book. And I was like, oh my God, it's all connected. It would not surprise me if it was. Another thing I found really interesting was that when I was looking at this and I was going so far back into like Celtic Celtic mythology to find vampires, I was like, that's fucking crazy. That's old as fuck. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how many other cultures have references to vampires from so long ago? So I had a look. So I have the uh, Wikipedia article here. And it's it's everywhere. Mesopotamia, ancient Greece, ancient India, Jewish traditions, Albania, Greece, Hungary, Iceland, Romania, Ireland and Scotland, Slavic Europe, Spain, Africa, the Americas, Asia, folktales. Like, it's everywhere. Literally everywhere. How do all of these separate cultures have references to mm-hmm. this? It's, it's one of so those things crazy. where your, your classic, like, monster movie monsters, like vampires, werewolves, zombies. It's like every single culture in the world references these like mythological creatures and it is it's one of those things of like these cultures i hadn't even met yet when you go so far yeah. back like because the, the, there was one that i was looking at that was from um ancient greece and you know that was a hell of a long time ago and they had references to um a, a, like a really famous like female vampire and it's just like do i believe you know that's what it always comes down to yeah where it kind do of pushes I believe, you you know I don't know. I mean, I don't. Obviously, I don't believe that vampires exist. No. But like, there is something in it. There has to be like something in people thinking oh, across the world over that this blood is something that will sustain them, and yeah. that there's something so precious about the blood that you'd have to be a monster to crave it from someone else. It's so Do you bizarre. know, like that's so interesting. And then it's it's also really interesting that women get a fair shout in these stories. This is not a story, like, dominated by men. Like, vampire stories are dominated by women. Yeah, like, you might have Dracula, but... It's one story. It's one story, exactly. There are a lot of women out there. It's just a very famous one. Exactly. But... Like, and if you go back before Dracula, like, you can see the domination of females in it. Like, you've got Carmilla, that lesbian story, your lesbian story. Well, not maybe yours wasn't, like, a lesbian story, but, like, I thought about it. Definitely has undertones. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, totally. But Carmilla definitely has undertones. And then we've got the, um, the Jarg Jua, which was about female suffering, essentially. That's just, like, that's... if that's like a mythological story, it's basically telling you to not treat women like shit because yeah, it'll come back and bite you. Exactly, there's a lesson, isn't there? And I mean, <coughs> like I say with ancient Greece, I'm sure she was called the the Lamia or something, um, and she feasted on blood by transforming into a young woman. And again, it was a seducing men thing. Um, yeah, she would seduce these men. And then once they felt it, sort of like a. Is it the succubus that's the female, or is it the incubus? Yeah, that's succubus, the female? incubus, yeah. Male. Yeah, succubus female. It's, it's it's like the succubus um myth, but it's not. She had her own name and her own identity, and then you've got probably succubus sort of like born out of that. And there's very very female heavy, which is is always nice. Very interesting. And I wonder maybe was it a weapon for women? Like maybe women began these legends, and they were like, okay, well this is this is how we get them back. Like we have to play on their superstitions or whatever. Like so, treat your treat your wife like shit, and like maybe she will come back and kill you. Yeah, like, definitely. You know, because, again, a lot of these um, 
old stories and myths and things, they, they were designed to be lessons, weren't they? Um, yeah. Even like fairy tales, you know, like Brothers Grimm, there was always a message behind those and, and, and mm-hmm. a lesson to be learned or a, a moral. So I think that's that's probably very likely. Yeah. I love that. I love that they're using like stories and storytelling as weapons. Yeah, if only we could do that now, eh? <laughs> said, but don't you touch me I'm a vampire I'm a touch of blood yeah right <laughs> like alright okay hon you do that fuck <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like because it is something that has been around for so long and in, in the sort of the collective psyche for so long that there are so many different branches yeah th- that, that come off this this sort of vampire idea that there are so many different directions that you can take and even within probably even within like the UK and Ireland, you know, very small spaces, very small spaces, very small places, um, but that have such distinct individual cultures within them. Yeah. You know, from and like very old cultures. Gone, yeah, exactly. Very, very old. Now, especially when you think of places like, you know, England in particular, having been invaded by so many different cultures, you know, say Romans, uh, Vikings and Normans, what did they bring with them? Oh, and the Saxons as well, actually. That's four different peoples off the top of my head. What did they bring with them when they came to England? How did that then intertwine with the original Celtic people that were here? What stories then spanned out of that? Like, mm-hmm. th- th- there's probably so much that we, we could find. We have a very rich history and it's 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 really interesting when you look at our um like folklore and fairy tales like we have different cycles and the different cycles are um influenced by the different people who were invading us at the time so obviously we had the celts as well we had the people before the celts uh we had the celts and then we had the vikings we had a few more people but like in and around the celt time is when that really exploded and then we have like the the fairies the fairy people the fairy folk um which is my favourite. I find that so fascinating. terrifying. You I do find not the fairies absolutely fairy. terrifying. You do not mess with the fairies. You Hell don't mess no. with the fairies. <laughs> no, I don't even want to talk about them. I don't, I don't even want like, to tempt yeah. them. Like, No, I, I specifically picked something tonight that was not fae because the, the Jarg Jew was, is not, has never been, like it was, was once human, so it was not fae. Whereas the fae have never been human. I don't want to tempt mm-hmm. them. No, I don't. Even, I don't want to give them any ideas. I don't want it to seem like I'm challenging them or anything. No, like, and I'm not. And I'm not. I'm not. There, there is far too much. Like, particularly where I live at the minute, because obviously I grew up in a new town. So the village that I live in at the minute, being over a thousand years old, I'm just like I dread to think what could have happened on this very ground that I live on. You are you know, standing I don't on the go bones of people. Anything. You and I used oh, to live in Edinburgh, and we know for a fact we lived on people's oh, yeah. bones. Like that, that yeah. city's just been built on top of each other for fucking thousands 100%. of years. Hundred percent. I mean, we'd we'd go out on the piss, and we'd be literally walking over unmarked graves. Yeah. You know, like the Royal Mile was just full of bodies. Yeah, totally. Like, and like, you sure, know. we used to go to clubs that were in those. Um, what do you call them? The vaults. The vaults. Yeah, we used to go. Yeah, to, like they were just like f- scraped out vaults. Like, yeah, that's like, where we used oh. to go to parties. Mm-hmm, where people used to be like literally like brothels and murders and. <laughs> oh, I just, that, no wonder one of my like favorite. This. I know one of my favorite ghost stories of all time comes from. Um, when I went on a ghost tour in the vaults and the story that the we don't really have time for it tonight, uh, maybe another time should have done it last week really my favourite ghost story of all time was told when I was on my ghost tour in the vaults and it was so just like like a casual thing that he just remembered he was either a very good actor or it was like a casual thing that he remembered because you know 
it, it had to do with the clubs that we used to go to that were literally right above these vaults that I was in. And, oh, I just, yeah, Edinburgh is so, so haunted. So haunted. So haunted. To be honest, I think the entirety of the UK and Ireland are haunted AF. Yeah. Like, most of you, to be fair, everywhere in the world will be, because it's all been inhabited by someone at some point. Yeah. But, like, you know, when you think of the really bloody history and, and, and you know... Brutal. Yeah. Like, with all the invasions, you know, the ones that we had on us and then the ones that you had we on did us? to other people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was, like, waiting for you to say that. <laughs> like, you know... There's gotta be like I mean I'm I'm out of my house is haunted you know I've definitely seen things in my house yeah and it could be anything because as I say who knows what this house is actually built on yeah that's true and you know what like I often think like things sometimes I hear things and I'm like I've let that pass over me I'm like that that hasn't bothered me but sometimes like I listened to a podcast I've been listening to this podcast nonstop it's called Scared to Death it's fucking creepy oh, yes. as shit I swear to god and the, the things that I've been hearing that usually would roll off my back I'm like yeah like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I have to listen to in the car on the way to work in the morning so I have all day to try and forget about it because yeah. You know, it's, I come home and I, I have to sleep with a light on or something because yeah. I'm just like, what is that? It's so hard. Like, my girlfriend went home down, like, the country a couple of weekends ago and I literally went and stayed in my parents' house because I was scared as fuck to stay on my own. <laughs> <laughs> it was because I was scared to death. <laughs> oh, no, like, to be fair, the last time I had this place to myself, because, you know, I still live with my parents because I'm an overgrown child. Um, <laughs> it was, like, the first time... I'd stayed here alone for a very long time because of COVID and everything. Um, and even then I had the dog. I don't have a dog anymore. So I'm like completely alone in this decent sized house. It's always making horrible noises and I'm certain I'm seeing things. And like that first night I was here by myself when they were away in September, I was just like, I was so creeped out. I was so terrified. I was like, I'm seeing things. And I'm always adamant it's a trick of the light or whatever, you know. <laughs> Especially when I'm walking down the stairs or walking up the stairs, I swear I can see them, something through the banisters. Like, I always feel like I can see this dark shape through the banisters. And I know it's just me. I know it's just me. Uh-huh. But maybe maybe it's not. Because it's, it's always in the hallway where it's in the hallway where me and my brother have seen the same apparition on different times. And, like, when I first stayed here by myself, I was just so fucking creeped out so creeped out but like they were gone for like a whole week they were gone for like 10 days or something actually so by the end of it i was like yes yeah, it's fine I'm, I'm friends with the ghost just but, chilling with them <laughs> yeah i mean they, they've not hurt me i don't feel any sort of when i first moved here when i first moved back in here i used to feel a horrible horrible unease in my bedroom yeah sage in that in that corner right there you won't even look at it <laughs> I won't, i'm not even gonna look at it i have to look at it and make sure there's nothing there like i'd be in bed at night and it it's like I was adamant there was a woman sitting in that corner. No, I was adamant no, there was a woman, no, and she no. was she was angry. She was really pissed off. She was like, "Who the fuck are you?" But then, like after time, like that that eased off and it went away. And I was like, "She must be okay with me now." Yeah. But even still, on a night, my eyes are just drawn to that corner. You have sage in your room as well, though. Like you've, I do, yeah. you've made your you've made your space like a positive space to be in. Yeah, it's very positive. I try and good vibes only in here, and yeah, yeah, I, I, I sage it and I. I I do all my trippy shit and manifestations and affirmations and 
praying to Jeebus and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep safe, keep safe. Oh yeah, for real. Well, will we grab the um the thing that we didn't yes. do last week? The lucky dip. Yes, Two the lucky seconds. dip. I couldn't even think what it was called. The thing we didn't do last week. The thing we didn't do last week. That that's a good enough name for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's see what we've got. Uh, in the meantime, please follow us on social media at uh, Hell Hath No Fury Pod on Instagram and at Pod Hell Hath on Twitter. If you are engaging with us on either platform in the DMs, you'll probably find L on Instagram and I'll be taking the Twitter. But we do kind of move around also. Yeah, it's not like exclusive. It's more who isn't at work when and is actually free to do things because, yeah. you know... We don't we don't, we don't get to do this all the time. We do have we are a slave to the man. We are a slave the to the day. capitalism. We do. Yeah, slave to that capitalist agenda. Bastard Tories. <laughs> <laughs> um, it came up with plain old murderer. Oh, lovely! You that's can't some, go wrong. Can't go wrong with plain old murderer. Pen, no. So that's I have in the list. I have murderer and serial murderer down. So if we go murderer. Interesting. Are we talking can only do one murder? I think that could actually be... It could be limiting, but it could also be very interesting. Okay. You know, a, a really... Because there probably will be some very insane, brutal, one-off murders that very juicy. I mean, there's one in the media at the minute, not a woman. But I, I don't know if you've seen the man who um, his daughter was apparently sold into a sex trafficking ring apparently by her boyfriend what dad went up this is in america um dad went up to seattle and rescued her it was pure take. taken he, he, he went up to seattle and rescued her brought her home at which point she alleged that the boyfriend had had something to do with it dad drove to boyfriend's house kidnapped him put in the back of his trunk drove off uh hit him in the head with a cinder block and then stabbed him to death threw him in the back of the trunk and just abandoned the car and it's like one-off murder, absolutely no priors whatsoever, no sort of record at all. But apparently this guy, I, I've only read the one article on it because I only heard about it today. But yeah, um, apparently this guy sold his daughter in a sex trafficking, so he found him and he killed him. Send me that article, will you? Oh, hell yeah, yeah. It's like, again, stuff like that, just that one-off thing where it's like, holy shit, as if that actually happened. You know? Yeah, okay, this this could be, this would be good then, right? Or I'm, yeah, I'm happy with yeah. murder then. Uh, not happy with murder, obviously. You don't. Know <laughs> you all know what I mean. Just fuck off. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. We had a yes, great time. Yes, as always. This was one of yes. my my favorite weeks. I love when I can get mythology into something like that's my favorite. Defo, defo. Yes. So thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed uh, our stories this week. As ever, if you do have any suggestions or feedback, please let us know um, by getting through to us on Instagram or Twitter. Absolutely, and once again, thank you to our fabulous producer Anya at Anya Burn Communications. She, honestly, we couldn't do it without her. She spends hours editing our ridiculous stuff into an actual show, which I honestly am in awe of. <laughs> completely. Oh yeah, I don't know how she does it. She also puts up with our terrible crack on oh. WhatsApp in the group chat. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah if she you are medal alone for that. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. If you are looking to start a podcast, look no further. She is your all-in-one stop shop to a fabulous pod she's legit an actual G like an, an actual, actual G. G yeah thank you guys I'll see you next week bye bye, bye.